Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Good evening, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Stephen and Arjun Football Podcast. I would like to welcome back my co-host, Stephen. Stephen, welcome back. Thanks, Arjun. Uh, and of course, our not not forgetting our regular uh, guest on our podcast, uh, Ode. Ode, welcome back as well. Hi, thanks for having me here. Um, very interesting discussion we have today, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, we, t- today we just wanted to talk about... Um, some some of the Champions League matches that occurred over the uh, week, as well as the upcoming or currently going on Premier League matches on this weekend. But before that, uh, recently Pat Guardiola got into a bit of a spa of words with the general secretary of Man City uh, fan club. And just to give some context to our listeners, uh, this was the even even uh, chronology. So. After the match against Leipzig, uh, Pep Guardiola urged more home supporters to turn up uh, to the weekend Premier League match against Southampton uh, because there was only about 38,000 in a 50,000 capacity stadium. Uh, So clearly he wasn't very happy with the amount of support he got. Uh, So in his post-match conference, he urged more supporters to come and uh, basically encourage the team to provide more support. This didn't sit well with the uh, General Secretary of the Man City Fan Club, Kevin Parker. He shot back at Pep, uh, saying that he does not understand the struggles of the fans, uh, the conditions of the fans, and that he should stick to coaching because that's what he's good at. Now, just to put it into context, he also pointed out that uh, Man City's two Premier League home attendances so far have been very close to full capacity, which was against Norwich and Arsenal. Um, and he further explained that uh, European matches uh, come about with different costs and uh, the timing as well. A lot of fans are not able to make it. So this brought out the debate as to why some clubs like European giants like Man United, Liverpool, uh, maybe even Chelsea are able to bring close to full capacity crowds even on European nights where Man City has not been able to. So this has really divided supporters. So what I wanted to ask, uh, maybe I'll start with today as well. Uh, is who do you side with of this? Do you side with the fan club uh, secretary or do you side with Pep Guardiola? I side with the secretary here. This is because that the point in which you have brought up, especially the secretary indicating how hard it is uh, for the locals to come on board to watch the match, uh, Champions League matches. You see, first of all, Man City um, success is very recent. Manchester United, Liverpool, Leeds, they have had longer success than Manchester City. So, of course, you would have more diehard fans willing to travel for a midweek match for a Manchester United or Liverpool Liverpool game, especially when there is work the next day. That is one point I have to say. It's a midweek. There's going to be work the next day. So traveling fans will be much harder to come over uh, on a midweek rather than on a weekend. Weekend, it's easy to get fans. Um, I don't know about in England, but 
countries like in Malaysia, they promote all these theme parks and hotels to have discounted rates on weekends just so that they encourage tourism to go. So I'm sure it happens all over the world. So that's one thing that they need to take note. Pat needs to take note. The second thing is, if he wanted more fans, why didn't he join any other super house or any other club that had more fans? He could have joined Liverpool around the same time as Jurgen Club. So he could have joined anyone else if he wanted to. He could have joined Leeds for all we care. Um, he could have joined Manchester United as well. It was around the same time he joined Manchester City in which Manchester United was looking for a manager. So it's his fault, uh, actually. And he should just stick to being a manager right now. Your thoughts, Arjun? Yeah, interesting perspective. Uh, and just, just to add to it, uh, Pep Guardiola actually shot back again to the general secretary saying he would not apologize for his comments and that it was misinterpreted, uh, saying that he just uh, he just wanted more support just to have a better atmosphere. But yeah, I, I think I tend to side with more with the general secretary as well. Uh, just because I feel, uh, yes, Pep is a good coach, yes, but he does not know the uh, realities of being a a fan, and I think you brought up a very good point is that Man City is a club which has recent success and they cannot expect to fill 50,000 uh, capacity stadium every week because they do, just do not have enough of uh, supporters who would go for every single Man City game yet. Um, I think speaking about Liverpool as well earlier, uh, we know the fame Enfield, which is usually full every match, especially on European nights. It, I, I, I think it is also because of uh, that they have a lot of loyal supporters abroad uh, throughout the years who will probably even sacrifice their sleep, sacrifice their, take a day off, or even pay a bit more to go for European nights. What do you think, Stephen? As a Liverpool fan, do you agree with that? Um, yeah, as a Liverpool fan, I really have to bring out a point about Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool, as well as disagreeing to Uday's point about uh, supporting the, what the support group has to say. I feel the manager has um, the right to talk about the atmosphere and, and fans is a big part of, of the football club and football matches. And I like bringing the point that uh, Jürgen, Jürgen Klopp uh, brought in as well. Uh, Jürgen Klopp also criticised Liverpool fans before uh, because um, Liverpool fans left the stadium early um, before, before the final whistle because they know that you know, they are losing the match. It was after a match against Crystal Palace where we lost at home. And, and he, he criticised the fans for leaving early and not showing the support until the, the final whistle. And, and then this kind of prompted a positive response from the Liverpool fans instead. And then uh, Liverpool fans start to you know, stay on later. And then it kind of spurred Liverpool to, 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 to get more last-minute winners. You know? Ever since uh, Jürgen Klopp's first two years, we have seen a lot of you know, last-minute or late, late winner, late equaliser score at Anfield because we know the strength of the fans in Anfield. Um, speaking of which, this happened during the Champions League match uh, for Manchester City. And as you said earlier, uh, during Premier League match, they can fill up the stadium. I feel like there is something going on between City fan and the Champions League. While the, owner, while the City owner wants the Champions League trophy, I don't feel that the City fans want it as much. I still feel that their priority is in the Premier League. And then I, do, I don't know whether you all remember, you know, for the past few seasons, City has been booing the anthem. And then UEFA has been investigating City for financial fair play. And then the relationship between the fans and UEFA has not been good. Has not been good. So, 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 so I get, uh, 
I think that I I I mean like, I think that's why City fans stay away for European nights. Um yeah, because there's no romance there probably. You know, I mean like okay, City City owners want City to win the uh Champions League, but then again if the fans doesn't like it, the fans doesn't like it. You know, period. Yeah, so 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 uh Pep has every right right, I feel, to uh motivate or governize the fans to to to, to, to show their support, uh, you know, in during Champions League. And I feel that um despite spending so much money, you know, he still he still need that advantage, you know, that home ground advantage uh for the fans to spur them on. So all in all, I feel Pep has every right and and whether whether he will successfully uh, galvanize the fan back into the stadium for Champions League matches or not, we shall see. I mean, a uh, very interesting point you brought up there as well about needing the fans. And that brings back uh, the comments of certain like great managers like Jurgen Klopp as well who wanted fans on European nights at Anfield. And you think about the greatest stadiums in the world, Santiago Bernabeu on European nights, Old Trafford on European nights, uh, Anfield on European nights. All these big clubs uh, tend to have a really good atmosphere during European nights. And do you uh, as I mean, I, I would like to throw the question to both of you as well. Do you think that is also one of the ingredients that Man City is lacking to win the Champions League? The fans are hot. Sorry, you're directing the question to me, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so you think that Man City may not be winning the Champions League because a lack of fan support, right? Just to uh, yeah. do, you, do you agree with that? Like, do you think that okay. would be one of the key? Do I agree with that? Um, it, it, it does play a part, um, most probably. Um, However, if you have the best manager with the most expensive uh, assembled squad, you should be challenging for, or at least going to the semi-final and final week in, week out, uh, without even the fans. So I can't say much with regards to that. It plays a bit of a part, definitely having fans. Definitely having Liverpool fans um, in the Istanbul match against AC Milan helped out. The recent match that happened 3-2 so definitely helped out Liverpool. The fans, they say are like the 12th man. So it's good to have a full stadium crowd. But it doesn't have to be a full stadium. Even a half stadium crowd can act like a full stadium crowd. They just need to show their support for the team. Um, so again, the number of fans may not be a issue. It's just that if they're motivated enough, it should be good enough for them to um, win the Champions League even without the fans. Good point as well. Uh, and sorry, Stephen, did you want to say something as well? Yeah, um, yeah, like what Ude said man, uh, earlier, I do agree with him. It does play a part, but for, for Liverpool, in fact, you know, having fans back in Anfield is a major factor, a major plus point for, for this season, you know. Um, we see last season, we lost 3-1 away to Madrid. We say we will bring you back to Anfield, we can score two goals there. However, there's no fans there, and then we, we, we drew the match new-new. Um, we lost 3-0 to Barcelona. We come back to Anfield with fans. We won 4-0. So, you know, it does play a part for clubs like Liverpool. But then again, for Manchester City, um, you know, it, it's, it's just that it's either they are, they are overpowering their opponent because they're so strong or they will self-destruct, like, you know, in the final last season. So, probably fans for City-wise um, probably doesn't, doesn't affect that much. Yeah, talking about fans and Champions League as well. Uh, looking at Man City's uh, first game of this Champions League uh, season, they won 6-3 at home against uh, RB Leipzig, who had a man sent off later on. Uh, yeah, we all know City's attack is really good, uh, but they brought in Ruben Diaz last season as well, and their defence has been really solid. But they still consider three goals at home to Leipzig. Uh, but given our 
uh, discussion, we were saying that for Man City, probably home advantage isn't as big of a deal. So in that case, do you think that uh, away games in the Champions League are as good as home games for Man City? And given this result, uh, given that they've considered three, yes, they've scored six, they've uh, torn Leipzig's defence apart, how far do you really think Man City can go this season in the Champions League? And what do you take from that performance today? Okay, so I'm just going to start off with regards to the uh, match that happened. Um, you asked brilliant questions right now. So Man City, uh, I think, have been playing much better with the fans being there, even in the Premier League as well as in the Champions League. They've scored 17 goals right now. Do they really need a striker? It doesn't look like it. Um, Kevin De Bruyne um, looked amazing for 70 minutes. And I think... He can only get better with the fans being there rather than the fans being not there. Where do I think Man City is going to go? Um, it, Red Bull Leipzig clearly showed that they have some defensive difficulties in Man City. Um, but that, I think, most probably is due to Nathan Ake, who I'm not too sure why is he still playing for Man City. I think the match against Leicester City in the... Uh, the first community shield should have showed red flags. Um, I don't think Nathan Ake is a suitable backup for Man City defender. If they were to get a good defender in January as a backup, I think they can go all the way up to the semis for the final right now. They have to win it. I feel like this is the one thing that the owners have been looking forward to and they haven't done it. And I feel like it's the one thing that Pep has also been looking forward with regards to Man City, but he hasn't completed it. That's why he has stayed so long in Man City, so they have to win it um, right now. I hope I answered your question. Did I answer both your questions, brother? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, Stephen, do you have the same uh, opinion as Uday as well? Yeah, I do agree with Uday, you know, like, this city, I mean, obviously, Leipzig is still very good, even though they have, they, they have their manager, they have their striker, they have their captain, um, taken away by Bayern Munich. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're still very good with Omo, Andre Silva up front, and Forsberg as well. And, you know, looking at this City squad and looking at this City lineup uh, in the Champions League game, yeah, firstly, the Ake selection is is questionable. I feel um, if if Stones or Laporte is, is fit, you know, they will be ahead of him. And, and yeah, I feel one more thing that Pep didn't address this season is the, the CDM position. I have been mentioning that the importance of CDM positions for a very long time now, you know, the, the, the importance of Sergio Busquets, the importance of uh, to Spain, the importance of Fabinho to Liverpool. And I still feel that Rodrigo is still not world-class. I feel he is mediocre. You know, I, I even feel that Fernandinho is better than him in the CDM position. You know, he has uh, positioning, positioning where he's better. And he has the uh, open inverted comma, what they call the dirty, dirty arts or dark arts, you know where he knows what to do, when, when to do it, you know. But Fernandinho is, you know, getting on age now and then he, he doesn't play every game, you see. So, so, so that position, I feel um, um, Pep has to address that CDM position. Yep. Um, interesting uh, point about Man City as well. Now, just switching back to Man United. Um, I mean, we spoke about the blue half of Manchester, now switching to the red half of Manchester. Of course, with the return of Ronaldo, United were hoping to uh, go all the way or probably at least go far in the Champions League as well. 
but we got off to a worst possible start by losing to young boys away from home 2-1. Um, I'm, I'm going to direct this question to Stephen first as a Liverpool fan. Uh, what did you see take from that uh, Man United performance? Do you think it's an indicator of the season to come? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I feel that um, I feel that it is a combination of uh, of uh, you know a late challenge as well as a as a stupid mistake that that that, that resulted in this loss. I feel that had Lingard not passed, not not uh, have not have he not misplaced the pass and you gotten a draw away from home with ten men, it would have been a brilliant result. So. So I feel I feel uh, losing away to young boys due to a mistake is is probably a one off, you know, nothing much to be worried about. And and I feel that there is still a lot of encouraging signs for MU. You know, the fact that Ronaldo has got three goals in two games, and the link up between Bruno Fernandez and Ronaldo, you know, the, the assist by Bruno was amazing for Ronaldo. And then the the understanding between those two, the understanding of Ronaldo that Bruno is going to put the ball where he put it. It is amazing, and that, that is an encouraging sign for MU fans to take away from this game. Yeah, even though they lost, I feel. Yep, interesting perspective uh, on the match as well. Uri, as a Man United fan, do you agree with that? <laughs> I feel MU might uh, find this group difficult right now. The fact that they have uh, lost to the young boys and they have to play Villarreal um, who, and the other team, which I feel like the two Tougher oppositions in this group rather than young boys. Uday, um, Ole started uh, Van der Beek but still lost. What's your thoughts on this? <laughs> uh, okay, so let's let's go through uh, um, a couple of things. I don't think, um, I know maybe I'm just defending a bit too much, uh, but Manchester United uh, did get a silly red card. Uh, Manchester United only had two shots at um, against young boys and Ole's decision to start uh, making the substitutions was strange. The fact that I think he was uh, content with a 1-0 uh, win or a 1-1 draw, uh, which is not what a Manchester United manager should be. So we can't be, I feel, judging Van der Beek's transition of play from defence to attack and also defending, was, uh, it may not be the best option right now. We should definitely judge him, give him a few games, let him see how it is. He may be bad eventually, I don't know. I Honestly, but I just want to see him get a run of games to show that it's bad. Um, and then, like, I think I just brought up just now, one thing is Manchester United's transition for, in midfield from defence to attack seems really bad. And it seems really poor. It was also highlighted in the game against Newcastle. Um, where And the game against Wolves before that, where there were times in which Manchester United were very lackluster in the middle of the park. And it allowed Newcastle to attack Manchester United um, it allowed Newcastle to intercept Manchester United in the middle of the park and just run towards Manchester United's goal and like have a few attempts. So that is MU's main area right now. Um, I hope I answered your question, Stephen. Uh, MU is going to find it really tough. That's my answer towards Arjun's uh, question right now on how I feel about Manchester United in the Champions League this season. Also, one more point. How much money has Cristiano Ronaldo paid to both the goalkeepers he has scored right now after he joined Manchester All three goals were mistakes. <laughs> so that's one thing we need to take with regards to Ronaldo. Again, he's a clinical player, so good for him, I guess. Udi, I get your point about, you know, letting Van der Beek to have a run of games, but the fact that 
you know, the, the, the position that Van Der Beek is in now, one year on from his signing, is that he's not getting a run of games. And he knows that. Because, you know, Ole has, has not been playing him consecutively for, for a few games now. Uh, since last season, you see. So, I feel that he understands what, where his position is, you know. He gets his opportunity and he has to show it. If he doesn't show, and that's it for him. You're not going, going to get a run of games for Van Der Beek. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's my thought of, thought of it. Yeah. Sure. Um, it's a good point that you brought up. I guess he should have taken his opportunity and he missed it. So, it's a pity. Uh, yeah, that, that's my point. He should, take his, he should yeah. take his opportunity and, and then he missed yeah. it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, 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 good points on both sides as well. Um, now just switching tag, moving to Liverpool's uh, Champions League game against AC Milan. Uh, I think not too surprising. Uh, probably everyone expected Liverpool to win. But once again, uh, Milan were able to score two goals and that shows how much Liverpool uh, probably missing Van Dijk. As soon as he's missing from the lineup, uh, I, I wouldn't say the defence looks shaky, but they look like they can concede goals. Uh, Stephen, what's your opinion on that? Do you think, once again, Vettag is uh, more crucial to Liverpool, maybe, than their front three? Um, Vettag is crucial. But from what I... From, from the match, I feel that... I feel that if you see uh, the two goals that... that um, Milan scored in, in, in quick succession, um, you know, it comes from... It is like it is like Trent Alexander. Trent Alexander Arnold is involved somehow, and he, he kind of made a mistake in both goals. So I still feel that defensively he is still a bit shaky in that sense. Yeah, but yeah, the the, the you know uh, Jurgen Klopp resting when died is still is also is also uh is also a factor a factor of why Liverpool considered two goals against AC Milan. But then again, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold should really you know uh back up in his defensive duties like, I feel. Okay. Um, but then again, I for this match, um, actually, um, yeah. So Stephen yeah. have continued something to say. By the way, are you done? Uh, yeah. So for this match, I, I'm actually surprised that you know he he rested, uh, Virgil Van Dijk as well as um, uh, Sadio Mane. You know, for this first group game. You know, um, as we all know, you know, you Champions League group game, first game you want to set down a marker and then you want to, you want to have a good start. You know, you usually start strong, and then once you have qualified. In the first place, then you only rest your players for the fifth or the sixth game. Yeah, so he he did his rotation so early in the in the rounds. It's a bit surprising, but I just feel that fortunately we won. If we had not win this game, then there there will be a lot of questions about why did he rested Virgil Van Dijk and Sadio Mane. It's it's like it's like how the MU match went, but just the different direction. Uday, go ahead. Okay, um, you brought up some good points right now. Um, I think uh, as football fans, we already kind of know that Trent Alexander-Arnold's defensive attributes is not as great compared to the other right backs in which we have seen, like Gary Davils, even the Aaron Bissaka. It's not to say that Aaron Bissaka is better than Trent, but in regards to defensive attributes, he's definitely more consistent uh, than Trent with regards to that. Better, slightly better. Um, we need to realize that Virgil van Dijk has recently come back for a long, from a long-term injury. So he has to be rested. I think he played three games in a row or, or four games already. And if I'm not mistaken, he also played some international matches. So good on Jurgen Klopp for defending, uh, 
protecting his players and actually resting him right now. Yes, Liverpool's defence did look shaky, but I thought AC Milan's build-up play or the passing to score the goals were brilliant. This was a really quick one-touch passing. This were passes in which you would see a professional FIFA player doing. It's really quick. It was really fast. You, you don't know what's going to happen next. So that's what I thought um, with regards to what happened. And good on Liverpool for responding back um, after the setback. Uh, Jordan Henderson's goal was Gerrard-esque. I thought Trent... Uh, plays better with fans than without fans as well because he took his goal really well and his attacking output recently has uh, improved uh, tremendously compared to when he was playing under COVID or lockdown. So that was my take with regards to the game that happened. Yep, uh, good uh, good observation from both sides as well. Now going on to the next match uh, that we wanted to talk about is... Uh, I mean, two more matches that we talk about. One is just briefly that PSG drew one all against Club Rouge away. Um, although this was the first time Messi, Neymar and Mbappe started together, uh, as well as having Wijnaldum and Herrera, two workhorse midfielders in uh, playing in midfield, they still couldn't win. Um, what's more is that Club Rouge actually played a decent game. Uh, I think their statistics were pretty good. They had 16 shots with seven of them being on target with only 36% possession. Whereas PSG only had nine shots with four on target but having 64% possession. This again seems like one of those Man City games where uh, PSG just passed the ball around, passed the ball around, but Club Rouge ended up having more shots on target. So, what, do you think it's too early to judge the trio, Messi, Neymar, Mbappé? Or do you think uh, this is an accurate indicator of what is to come? Uh, maybe, today I'll direct this to you first. Hmm. Um, first of all, uh, I'd just like to say that uh, PSG's front tree is called M&M, the M&M chocolate that we have all grown up with. Um, second thing is that Andre Herrera scored the goal for PSG. Uh, I have a soft spot for Herrera in which he left for Manchester United. So congratulations to him. This, this is an indication uh, about PSG. I honestly cannot answer that um, because I haven't been watching a lot of uh, French League R messages. I think it's just a blip. I think PSG will bounce back. I don't know whether they'll win it, but they will definitely bounce back with regards to this match. Um, they have a tough group with Man City and Red Bull, uh, Leipzig there. Um, even maybe even like a point against Red Bull, like Red Bull, Leipzig, and one victory against Man City, um, compared to the two halves, would be more than enough for them to at least be there, go through to the next round. So that's my take with regards to PSG. Yeah, Sorry, I meant two draws against Red Bull, Leipzig, and so that'll make it five points. Okay, that, that is a good good point and good observation as well. Stephen, well, what do you think is going to happen for PSG? Do you think that he will be able to shine in this team? I actually agree. With, uh, I actually agree with uh, Uday in this point that I, uh, this is just a blip. I feel that this, this is just a blip from PSG. I don't I don't think that the MM combination will will continue to stutter uh, throughout the whole season. I think that they will bounce back in crucial moments and I still look forward to the match against City. But then again, 
you know, after this match, I just want to say, well done to Club, Club Bruce, man. I mean, like, uh, this shows that um, money can't buy you tr- trophies, especially uh, Champions League, where it's concerned, you know, you see City spending a lot of money, you see you see PSG, you know, these two clubs spending a lot of money, and then, and yet they, they still haven't, haven't win the Champions League trophy yet. City has been spending a lot of money since for the past 10 years, and yet they have not won a trophy. And PSG has been ramping out of pressure for the past few years as well. So, so yeah, it, it shows you that, you know, um, spending a lot of money doesn't equate to success in football. So I feel that that's, that's, actually that, that's what makes me happy, you know, all in all. Yeah. Uh, good, good point as well, uh, that money doesn't buy you success. Uh, PSG and City have been trying for so long to win the Champions League. But the irony, irony is that this season, PSG actually haven't spent a lot. Most of their transfers have come from free transfers. But yet, this is the season where they've both the mo- made the most difference to their squad, uh, pro- brought in the most star players. So it's really ironic to see how it is going to turn out. Uh, next, moving on to the last match. Last Champions League match that we're going to review uh, is Barcelona versus Bayern, where Barcelona lost 3-0 at home, which uh, was a result which is not entirely surprising for many, uh, given Barcelona's recent struggles with uh, the wage gap and the squad. Uh, results haven't been going their way. The way Griezmann left, the way Messi left as well. And of course, Bayern have been strong, consistently strong all the time, uh, especially with their coach, Hansi Flick, as well. Uh, oh, sorry, Nagelsmann, Julian Nagelsmann as well. Um, so yeah, uh, Ode, do you think this is expected result? Uh, did you expect better from Barcelona? Uh, what, what did you take away from this match? Uh, good question. You have just brought up right now. What do do I think that Barcelona should have played better based on the um, highlights? Definitely didn't look like it. Um, I saw the highlights, excited highlights of the match, and I thought that Barcelona was just interested in passing around and uh, not doing anything productive. Whereas Bayern be very clinical. Um, I think one thing Bayern, uh, Barcelona is missing right now is a clinical striker. They had Messi before this. Um, right now, uh, they have somebody else on top. I can't really remember his uh, name. Luke De, Luke De Jong. Luke De Jong. Um, I'm not too sure how clinical he is, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would score goals. I think Sergio Aguero would definitely make Barcelona's team much better. Ansu Fati as well. Uh, so, Barcelona, if they were to have a more clinical striker, would definitely be more um, threatening as a team in the Champions League rather than uh, where they are right now. Top marks to Bayern, by the way. They, they took the game to Barcelona. They dominated as much as possible. And when Barcelona tried to attack and shoot at goal, they killed off the game with a third goal. Robert Lewandowski is a predator. He is one of the best strikers I have seen. Uh, I don't think anyone can disagree with that right now. He is fantastic. Top marks to him. Uh, I think Julia Nagelsmann, I remember bringing it up at the start of our Champions League preview, might struggle at the start, but yet he's still gelling already. I think he's already found the secret formula. Bayern Munich are going to go far right now in the Champions League. And this is my hot take. Yeah, uh, Ude, yeah, uh, I agree with you, you know. Um, Bayern Munich is looking very promising this season, you know. Um, they have youngsters like, you know, Jamel Musiala. 
he was he was from England and then but he was he got he got into the German Germany national team and he is very you know very exciting to watch a very exciting youngster and coupled with the fact that Lewandowski is on form and you even have if if even if the starting eleven is not firing you have such Gnabry on the bench as well as uh Chupomoting you know uh and Chupomoting is actually scoring goals for Bayern you know he's not just yeah, there as a as a you know freeloader. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the other hand, Barcelona is in deep trouble. I feel that, in fact, I feel that Messi was wise to jump ship. She kind of get out of a sinking ship just in time before it sink. You know, ever since Ronald Koeman took over took took over last season, we say that you know Barcelona doesn't look very good as good as or as intimidating as previous seasons, and. And yeah, uh, the lineup they they set up against Bayern. You know they had Newcastle reject Luke De Jong. They had MU reject Memphis to buy up front, and then and then Pedri. They started Pedri, who I feel I, I feel haven't have enough rest since since last season. I think <laughs> you know he had last season. Then he had Euros. Then he had Olympics. Then he had oops, it's a new season again. Yeah, so. You know, yeah, Barcelona is in deep trouble this season, and and I don't see Ronald Koeman lasting the whole season. I feel, and also Eric Garcia, somebody that I feel City doesn't want. You know, they they're just picking up cheap purchase uh over the last transfer window because of their wage issue, because of their financial issue due to COVID, and it's starting to show on the pitch. Yeah, good uh analysis of Barcelona as well. Uh, and I think I agree. Yeah, they are sinking ship. They are in a mess all over, uh, right from the board down to the players, to the coaches. Uh, they probably need to figure something out fast. So uh, I think that brings us to the end of our podcast episode today. Uh, once again, thank you listeners uh, for listening to our podcast and see you next time. Stay safe. Bye-bye.